0: You're listening to episode number four. Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Megan Swanson, former Miss Nebraska turned entrepreneur and expert pageant interview coach. And each week right here, we bring you a motivating conversation to help you discover just how to unlock the winner within you. Get ready for expert pageant interview secrets, life coaching strategies, and tons of personal development. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now let the podcast begin. Well, what's up everybody, welcome to week four of the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you guys about this week's topic and just to be completely honest with all of you guys, I think that this week is gonna be my favorite topic and I don't know if that will ever change. So hopefully that keeps you guys here, gets you guys really excited if you're on your commute driving while listening to this today or maybe you're brushing your hair and putting your makeup on, whatever you're doing, I'm so glad that you're here and as always, Please make sure that you're subscribed, and if you like this, share this with a friend who needs to hear it. Today, we are going to be talking about, like I said, my favorite topic, toxic thoughts. And with that, also, of course, healthy thoughts. And this is exactly why you need to share it with your friend, because thoughts as you've heard if you've listened to the previous three episodes of the podcast are the epicenter, the starting line, the beginning point of every single thing in our entire lives and why they don't teach us this more in school, although I hope that they're starting to and I've heard that they're starting to, I don't know but hopefully today this can help you get from point a to point b and whatever you guys are striving for maybe that new year's resolution that hopefully you haven't quit on yet because everything starts with thoughts. So, let's dive right in for today's episode. Starting off, why do we care about thoughts? What are thoughts? How do we know that thoughts are a real thing? Are thoughts quantifiable? Where do thoughts live? Today, we're going to answer all of those questions. And I remember when I first started thinking about what I was thinking about, and, you know, it was really special on this week's Inner Circle call with our girls. We were chatting a lot about this and a lot about how we can start coaching ourselves and kind of the formula that we use for that, which I'll get into just in a brief overview today and more in depth, obviously, in podcasts to come. But it was really special because I love just seeing light bulbs going off in different people's minds when we're talking about the thoughts that we're thinking about. And wow, this is like getting into a deep dark hole, but the thoughts that we're thinking about and I can see them thinking new thoughts about what they're thinking about and really changing that behavior internally. And what's so special for me as a coach is that I can see and take these problems that the clients that I work with are really struggling through. And sometimes it's, and oftentimes it's just as simple as learning why changing our thoughts are so important, and also being empowered to understand that we can. So today, my goal for us together is to learn how to really eliminate those toxic thoughts and to learn not only that it's important to switch those out for some really great thoughts, which I'll give you some examples of today, but also to really solidify your belief that it's possible and also the how. I think oftentimes we'll get to the place of where we're like, okay, you've just exposed me to this new topic that I need to learn how to think about what I'm thinking about, the foundations of emotional intelligence, the foundations of self-awareness, but now what do I do, right? So today we're going to go over the how, and it's going to be really fun and really informational, a little bit more scientific today, as you guys will hear, and I'm really pumped to solidify this topic in your brains and in your minds, as you'll see, which are different, and really help you guys today. So let's get started. So how many of you guys actually know that thoughts are either good or either bad? One of two. And they're only positive or negative and that they actually can't be in between. How many of you guys knew that thoughts are electromagnetic signals? That's a tongue twister. Say that 10 times in a row. Have I tried it? Yes. Have I ever done it? No. Thoughts are electromagnetic signals in your brain that actually take up mental real estate. And the reason why thoughts are so important to me is because as you guys have slightly heard through my story a little bit, I really, really dealt with a bad thought life for quite a long time. And when you have a bad or a toxic thought life, when you're thinking negative or bad thoughts very frequently, they can manifest themselves and they do manifest themselves in so many negative ways, right? Bad things produce bad, negative things produce negativity, makes sense, right? Kind of the whole bad, bad tree equals bad fruit type thing. And so I remember back in high school, um, there was a particular scripture in Romans, Romans 12, verse 2, that stuck out to me that said, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think sometimes we hear these ethereal concepts and we're like, okay wow, that, like I said earlier, helps me know the what, or helps me know that I'm supposed to do this. But how the heck do I do that? Does that just mean that I shut things down? Does that just mean that I don't process emotions? And obviously, again, as you've heard on the previous podcast, that's not healthy, and that's not what we want people to do. And that is what I did previously. So if that's not what it means, and it obviously doesn't just mean allowing all those thoughts to come then what does it mean? And I'm so grateful that in college, I got connected with Dr. Caroline Leaf. And Dr. Caroline Leaf is a name that you guys should all memorize and listen to everything that she ever speaks because she is one of the most famous neuroscientist in the world, originally from South Africa, now living here in America and speaks full-time, travels all around the world 24-7 it seems like, and has a podcast as well and several best-selling books. And today I'm really excited to share just a few of her ideals with you as well as some compilations of my own stories and also testimonials of my clients as to how uh, we have grown through using some of her principles and also just to share some of her ideals and some of her principles with you today. She is, like I said, a neuroscientist, and I am not. And science was my worst subject in all of school. I dreaded science. So I think it's hilarious that I'm so interested in specifically neuroscience now. But today I'm going to attempt, my best attempt, to really uh, dumb down some of her principles. And you guys can go read all of her books, and I will link a few of them in, in the show notes for you guys. But I'm going to try and give you just the, the bird's eye view, the 30,000 foot view so that we can really help you guys understand that how today. And like I said, also share with you a few testimonials and hopefully really try and piece this together. We're doing this together. So I'm excited about that. So let's start with this. Why do we care about thoughts? Why do we care about thoughts? They don't teach it to us in school. They don't teach it to us in college. And fun fact, they actually don't even really teach you if you're a psychology major, why the essence of emotional intelligence, understanding thoughts, processing emotions, is so important. Isn't that funny? I mean, I guess not really funny, it's depressing, but primarily what uh, I have seen is that people who major in psychology or even uh, sociology sometimes really just study the pathology side of this is everything terrible that can happen and this is why we need counselors and this is why we need you know drugs and all this kind of stuff. And while obviously like that has its place and 100% has helped tons of people. What if we could preemptively stop all of those things, even potentially, before they happen? And this is really where we have seen life coaching and personal development coaching and leadership coaching in the digital age really reach its height and is still climbing, climbing, climbing. And I'm so glad becoming so much more normalized because we are realizing this and the taboo is being lifted off of talking about mental and emotional health. And I'm so excited so thought life is so important because like we said earlier they actually are electromagnetic signals that are in your brain that take up mental real estate dr caroline leaf kind of came into the forefront of the neuroscience world because over 30 years ago she proved thousands of people wrong thousands of doctors wrong the world wrong really when she was convinced that the brain and the mind were separate rather than together. She was told that she was wrong hundreds of times, and she ended up proving this theory through her um, master's and PhD, and she probably has several PhDs by now. I don't know her entire life story, obviously, but she proved um, thousands of people wrong, and now, with um, that theory that she's now confirmed, not only worked one-on-one with patients for dozens of years, but like I said, now is uh, working, traveling as much as she possibly can, really disseminating this information and helping people on a really normalized level, which I think is absolutely incredible. So thoughts are important because a lot of times what we learn in school is to make our brain smarter, right? To increase our IQ, but not necessarily do we ever even really hear about what an EQ is and why learning to process what we're thinking about and to think about what we're thinking about. We don't learn that in school. We don't learn about what an EQ is. And so in turn, those thoughts still continue to take up mental real estate. And those thoughts still continue to be positive or negative. And what Dr. Caroline Leaf actually talks about is when she speaks, and if you watch any of her talks on YouTube, it's really fascinating. She now travels and she talks about with her little airplane uh, carry-on luggage, they always look at her really funny. Because if you actually study thoughts and what they look like on the inside of your brain is they look like trees. They look like tree-like structures in your head And it's absolutely incredible to see the difference between what positive and negative thoughts look like. Seriously, I remember the first time I saw this, I was just dumbfounded because what a positive thought looks like is this beautiful, you know, regular old tree that's flourishing and and growing and full of life. And if you actually look at the graphs of what negative thoughts look like in the brain, is they, they look dead. It's absolutely incredible. Go watch it. Go look up her name on YouTube. Like I said, I'll link a few things in the show notes, but I'm not lying. I didn't make this up. And so if we look at that and we accept that as fact, okay, if you're one of those really analytical people who needs more proof, just go read her books. She can give you all the fancy schmancy sciency words. Okay. But let's just assume that that's fact right now. So if those two things are correct, then do you think that thought life is pretty important do you think that the, the things that we're thinking about on a daily, regular basis could affect our brain, our body, our health, our DNA? Well, science has actually proved that's, that that is true. So fun fact for you all, did you guys know that you have around 60,000 thoughts per day? That's incredible. And so when you think about that, the person that you actually spend the most time with is yourself. Hmm. So if we're talking to ourselves for the majority of the day and 60,000 thoughts are going by, what do you think a life would look like? What do you think that inside of a person's head would look like? What do you think that a level of self-love or self-acceptance would look like if 30,000 of those were not positive? How do you think someone's self-confidence would appear on the outside? if only 2,000 of those were positive. I know that's kind of dark and kind of a sad thought to think about, but this is reality. And fortunately or unfortunately, I've seen in so many of my clients that before we can work on a 1,000 interview questions, before we work on their talent, before we work on any of those really practical pageanty type things, the thing that I probably get the biggest gasp out of my clients from, is learning how to really boil all that down. All the glitz and the glamour, all the, I got to work on this, I'm overwhelmed, I got to handle all these things. You want to know why you're overwhelmed with all those things? Thought life. I just think it's so amazing how God created us with all these multi-working, faceted bodies and everything in this world, right, to keep us busy and all these different things but that the epicenter of what makes us feel like we're in control, what makes us feel confident, what makes us feel self-assured, what makes us feel peaceful, is actually in that thought life. Thought life, thoughts, are a lot like a camera when you think about it. And when I was preparing for this podcast, that imagery really came up into my mind and I was like, wow, that's actually perfect. And when you think about it, I, I kind of had this image of like an old film camera in my mind and all you youngins born after the 2000s have no idea what I'm talking about and that makes me at 25 feel very old. But anyways, the old movies, right? The old movies, the film camera. So we have an old film camera or maybe you guys have used those Polaroid cameras, that works too. And with those old film cameras and actually very much in the olden times, let's think when they used to take pictures of you know presidents and elite officials and such they had to stand still for long periods of time. And those old cameras, yes, they would take a picture of one moment and they would capture the entirety of their surroundings, right? But it would take actually quite a long time to develop. And so in the olden times, people would have to stand there for, like I said, a long, long, long time. And nowadays, you know, we have the Polaroids where for some reason we think waving it through the air makes it develop faster, and I have no idea if that's actually the case. But the point is, Thoughts are like a camera because the only thing that comes before a thought, and again, we'll talk about kind of this self-coaching framework later. The only thing that comes before a thought is the one thing that we can't control, and that is our world around us. Those are our surroundings, our circumstances, the problems, what other people do. Those things have nothing to do with us, and so therefore we can't control them. Right? But right after those circumstances happen, or as we're intaking those circumstances, the first part of that framework is the thought. So it's a lot like a camera. The camera is intaking everything around it, and it's capturing it all into a picture and giving us information about what that was like, okay? So bear with me for a second, I'm gonna connect this. How much is that, that like our thoughts? Right? We look at a circumstance, somebody bumps us in the hallway, or we say hi to somebody and they don't say back, or we get cut off in traffic, or we get first runner up and we're super disappointed, right? Or we get a B instead of an A on a test. Or we didn't reach our goal weight, we were one pound underneath of it, right? What do all of those circumstances immediately force to happen? They all create thoughts. Right? Somebody cuts you off in traffic and we have the opportunity to think, that jerk, right? And then immediately we think about like, well, I'm gonna create an entire story around this. I know what happened to you this morning. You did this on purpose. This guy's a jerk. I'm creating, you know, this huge character assassination against them. Or I walk by somebody in the hallway and I say hi and they don't say hi back. And I'm like, do they hate me? Oh my gosh, did I do something wrong? Are they not my friend anymore? I remember I used to do that in high school all the time when the fact of the matter is I went to a high school of 2,700 people and there there was, you know, a thousand people in the hallway at any given time, and they probably just didn't hear me, right? So I have positive or negative thoughts that come into my brain immediately. And then the next part of the framework is that those thoughts create emotions. And we'll talk about that on a, on a podcast very, very soon. But today, we're just going to focus on that thought realm. So do you guys see that depending on what those thoughts are that come, it could very, very much shape our lens and our reality, And so what I want to empower you guys in today is that you have the ability to either take those thoughts captive or like a camera, whether to develop them, okay? So I think about if you've ever been stuck in traffic or if you've ever been waiting on somebody and you're anxious about it, or if you ever have been waiting on a result or like again, in a pageant, you're in the top five and they're getting ready to call fourth runner up, third runner up second runner-up, you know, you're standing there with the winner, okay? So at every given time, if we have 60,000 thoughts a day, you can pretty much guess that you're having a thought. You're having a thought, you're thinking about something even listening to this podcast right now, right? Because if we were to divide the number of seconds in a day, obviously it would be even more than one thought per second, which is pretty incredible to think about. So let's just break this down to the pageant level, um, because a lot of you guys listening are pageant girls and are either current clients or future clients or past clients of mine. So let's say we're holding hands with whoever is about to be announced as the winner, and you know that you're either going to be first runner up or you're going to be the winner, okay? so the You know, Bob is reading the results and drum roll, please, everybody. They call the name and it's not you. And you get first runner up. You awkwardly hug the girl who wins. You awkwardly get your flowers. You awkwardly take your moment and you go and you stand by the other people in the top five court. Now, what is flooding through your brain in that moment? I don't know. It's one of two things. It depends on a lot of other things. It depends on what were your expectations of yourself. Do you think that only winning means that you are a winner? Are you okay with failure? Or do you immediately think, well, I'm a failure? Were you doing the pageant for your own expectations or were you doing it because your mom wanted you to be Miss Wyoming or Miss Texas or Miss North Carolina, right? There are so many things that go into our emotions and they all start with those thoughts. So getting first runner up, I've had so many people. I had a client last year who got first runner up who I was just talking to, who uh, I we had a uh, we had a follow-up call this past week because she's competing again, and she got first runner-up last year, and I loved it. Her response to me was, oh my gosh, I mean, I just wanted to get top five. Like, I was the happiest person in the world. I really just was happy to even get top 10, and when I ended up getting top five, and then I got first runner-up, I was like, dang, I could really win this thing. Oh my goodness, I'm the happiest person in the world. And, you know, they found it in their heart to have happiness for that person and to cheer the person on who ended up winning, and she's had a fantastic year. And the call that I just had her was her talking all about how she's so glad she didn't win last year because of all the personal development and all the growth that she's gone through this past year you know and so she's coming back this year she said I'm ready to be a powerhouse I got this awesome text message from her she's coming for one of our weekend intensives and I'm just so pumped for her and I'm, I'm so expectant for her to do just as well or to win this year. But one of the things that I really work on with my pageant clients specifically is that level of expectation for themselves. Because at the end of the day, we have to understand that we need to choose that we are a winner, we need to choose That we are taking steps every single day in our thought life, in our emotional intelligence, in our work ethic, in our discipline, in our self-control, all those areas to be able to say, you know what? I'm putting one foot in front of the other and I can't control the circumstances of the judges picking whoever they're going to pick. I can't control the circumstance of their opinion of me. What I can control is my thoughts, my emotions, my actions, and the result that I get right? Based off of what I can do in my sphere of influence. And at the end of the day, I have to let the circumstances go and determine in my heart that I can have peace and I can choose great thoughts about the fact that I did everything that I could. And that just because I failed, it doesn't mean that I'm a failure i can't tell you how many clients i've had that originally uh you know either came out of just a lot of disappointment from getting first runner up or second runner up and the key differentiator Uh, I think of one of my state title holders, specifically this year, who had tried, I think, eight or so locals and didn't win um, several years before, and then several locals this past year. And we worked together for about two weeks, changed some stuff in her mindset, really allowed uh, her to, like our tagline says, unlock the winner within what she would tell you herself. She just took those barriers off of her own thought life and her own mind saying, well, I need to fit in this box. I need to be this to be successful. This is what a miss her state looks like, talks like, acts like, walks like, all those different things. She took all those barriers off and made her lane for herself, changed her expectations, changed her thoughts, you know, changed her entire perspective about that. And not only did she win a very, very difficult um, local pageant. And the very first one after we started working together, but then she also ended up winning her state title and getting top 15 in Miss America and winning a prelim talent award. And so I just think it's so incredible to listen to those stories. And they those people, my clients would be the first people to tell you that it all started in their thought life. And then it ended up working out through their emotions, actions, and getting different results. So that's something that I'm extremely proud of. I'm so proud of them. And they are just lights shining in the world, operating in their callings. And you know what? Yes, they got the validation of winning a pageant or doing extremely well in a pageant. But guess what? Our powerhouse girls are people that we help to really understand that they are a success with or without the validation of a crown. And that's why all of our girls are like family to us. And that's why I really believe that they go on to be successful in whatever they choose to do, because they know that they're in control of choosing that. And that a crown or a title or validation of other people doesn't have to be the, the thing that allows them to see themselves as a success and see themselves as someone who is worthy of everything that they feel called to. They've already decided that on the inside and then it projects 150% on the outside. So that's a little bit about how choosing great thoughts can produce some really amazing results in your life. Let's talk about the opposite as to how negative thoughts really end up affecting your life in a way that you may just not be aware of yet. And this isn't to harp on anything. We all have bad days. We all have bad moments. And we all have times when we just don't want to choose good thoughts. But the great thing is that now I hope after this podcast that it reminds you guys that if you're going to sit and choose those negative thoughts, that you at least know why you're getting that negative frame of mind or that negative result, right? So as opposed to just sitting there and sulking in you know, a depressive state or anxiety or lack of self-control, or you keep falling to the vice that is currently just something plaguing you right now, right? We're going to go over a couple of those examples. If you are seeing that negative result, at least this can help you to back up to, okay, result, back up, action, back up emotion. Okay, back up thought. What thoughts was I dwelling on and thinking about constantly? So some of the negative implications of really thinking negatively constantly, whether it's about yourself or whether it's about just the world around you, um, you know, some of those, or whether it's about the world around you, can really just make you an ugly person. And I don't think anybody listening today wants to be an ugly person, although we all have ugly moments, because you wouldn't be listening to a self-development podcast. So 10 points for you just for listening and growing yourself today. But here's a few external ways that we could really showcase this either on other people or even just in our own worlds that aren't always the prettiest things. So some of those things are pride, selfishness, anger, judgment, Arrogance, rebellion, a critical spirit, constantly criticizing others, gambling, blaming, addiction to pornography, any compulsive behaviors that could be drug abuse, or it could be um, eating disorder, alcoholism, ungratefulness, a victimized spirit, or self-pity. So I'm sure that you guys are thinking in your heads, right? Even as I said those things, those those words even cause thoughts, which cause emotions, which create clear mental pictures in your head, either of moments that you have held those types of characteristics, or right? maybe a person in your life that you're like, oh boy, Negative Nancy's always doing this, right? It's just not attractive. And so let's empower each other today together to not choose negative thoughts that create this kind of spirit. Because guess what? Successful people, they don't have these mindsets. Like I hate to break it to you. I'm reading an amazing book right now that's just really re-identifying this for me. But successful people, it is so hard, you guys, to get to the top with negative mindsets. There's so many challenges, so many opportunities to fail, so many ways that you can implode upon yourself. You have to have a rock solid ironclad mind. So if you desire to be successful, whether it's in a pageant or in business, you know, I have a desire to run several businesses one day and be a venture capitalist and do all these amazing things and speak all over the world. And I, I know that I will do that because I'm working every day to break down, okay, what are the things I'm afraid of? What are the negative things I'm thinking about myself? What are the things that I need to visualize more and affirm and really choose to see myself doing, even if it doesn't seem possible right now. And even if, you know, where I came from or what I feel like was not handed to me and everything I've had to work for, right? All those excuses that you might think are mental blocks or ways or reasons why you can't achieve the thing you want to achieve. This is where it starts, you guys. Thought life, thought life, thought life. We have to replace all those negative implications that would tell us is a fact or a truth or a reason or this is the way it is. So I have a right to think that way. Yeah, you have a right to think that way, but guess what? It's not going to serve you. It's not going to get you to that next level. And you have to be willing to put down one bad suitcase to pick up the other because you're not strong enough to carry both. Okay, so finally, I told you guys that I'd be sharing a little bit of Dr. Caroline Leaf's research with you guys today. And like I said, this is from a 30,000 foot view, but I really wanna help you guys not just understand that it is important to change your thoughts and to think more positively because of literally the mental real estate that it takes up in your brain, how it affects your health, your mindset, you know, your DNA, literally you guys go read her books, all the proof is in there. But I really wanna help you guys have a strategy today for the how, okay? So in closing, as we close down this podcast for today, I want to share with you directly from Dr. Caroline's book, Who Switched Off My Brain, Controlling Toxic Thoughts and Emotions, of exactly how we can do this, okay, to empower you guys to choose better thoughts and have an awesome, way better life. Okay, so Dr. Caroline uses a four-step process of exactly how to choose different thoughts, how to choose, okay, I'm not gonna dwell on this, but sometimes it feels like I'm on a hamster wheel that's never ending, so how the heck do I get off one bad thought and get on another? So she has some really provocative and awesome questions that she's gonna move you through what she calls a brain sweep to get you off one hamster wheel or you know kind of negative thought treadmill and onto a different one. So this four-step process is called gather- reflect, revisit, reach. Okay, let's say that together again. Gather, reflect, revisit, and reach. And so today I'd love to share with you just a few questions of each category that will help heighten your level of self-awareness that you can check yourself as to when you're in those negative thought patterns. And hopefully even if you can just memorize one question per category, it'll really help you to get out of that negative thought cycle, choose good thoughts so that they can produce good emotions, good actions, and good results, okay? So let's start with gather. Here's some questions as to how you can get off the negative thought cycle by first gathering better ones and to check yourself as to whether you're gathering, right, reproducing on that hamster wheel bad thoughts, okay, so question number one, when you're thinking about your thought life and gathering information, what are your five senses telling you? Are there any toxic memories or thoughts that cross your mind even fleetingly? And I think you guys could see how, if you are, that could get you down a pretty negative cycle, right? And produce some pretty bad emotions. Okay. Number two, are you gathering a lot of toxic could haves, would haves, and if onlys? Okay. Number three, are you gathering memories of conversations on repeat in your mind or speculations? Do you guys see how this kind of tries to come together? the enemy in your head tries to make you think of all these fake possibilities and then presents them with elements of your past and tries to tell you, well, these are true. So of course, you should be thinking these when actually there isn't proof, just your mind's playing tricks on you. Okay. Next, are you gathering passivity, dishonesty, distorted thinking, or false perceptions? next question. Are you gathering a personal identity from a problem or disease? Ooh, that one's huge, right? So just because you have MS doesn't mean that you are MS, right? Just because you have depression doesn't mean that you are depression. You're so much more than that. And I believe that these questions will help you get free from that. So are you gathering mayhem? One thought tumbling undeterred over another? So I think those are some um, incredible questions to help you guys really check yourselves before you wreck yourselves, okay? So next we have reflect. What am I thinking about? Take a moment to answer yourself. That could happen with journaling or just talking yourself audibly through it in the car or whatever you need to do, just get it out, okay? Start to bring your self-awareness to a new level of actually thinking about what you're thinking about. Number two, try to focus on each thought How many complete thoughts are you thinking? How many half thoughts are running through your mind? Number three, is there a particular thought that keeps rearing its head? This might be a habit or a pattern. And once we realize something, once we bring it to light, it can't have power over you anymore. And that's beautiful. Next, start discussing with yourself prayerfully the actual content of the thought that you've brought into your conscious mind. Become very aware of all that you are thinking. And like I said, this is a little bonus step that she talks about. She talks about the power of journaling here. Now, pour your thoughts onto paper. Do you notice any patterns? Do you notice words or images that repeatedly come to mind? So, what I've seen with my clients very frequently, specifically if they deal with mental illness, you know, depression, anxiety, any fear, any of those types of things, is that there will be certain words that do pop up very frequently and they attach them oftentimes to I am statements or statements like it says just here in the reflect section, that we really try to attach to our identity. So as you're journaling and as you're doing this, be really aware and try to be really careful if you're taking something that is a a partial truth and trying to attach it to your self-identity, because that can be really, really harmful. And also in the opposite, when we make it a really good thought and we, we say the opposite of what's trying to lie to us, it can be really, really powerful. So I wanna encourage you with that. Okay, next section is revisit. So, question or statement number one, be honest with yourself. Start sorting through your thoughts, adding, changing, and evaluating. Think about what you have written down. Number two, as you revisit what you have written, ask yourself Does this line up with what I believe? Do I have any responsibility in this? Who do I need to forgive? Is this what God says about me? Do I need to forgive myself? Add this to your journal entry, comparing what has brought you pain with what you know to be true with what you believe, right? So for me, I line that up with what's true in God's word, what God says about me, and that really helps me have a proper filter for, yes, true, no, totally believing a lie about myself. Okay, back on track. Number three, write the resolution that you'd like to see and pray about the situation that God would heal this area of your life and the life of anyone involved. I love that. And lastly, maybe talk it through with someone that you trust who can give you wise advice. Everyone needs that one buddy, that one friend. And if you don't have that friend, shameless pitch, guys, join our inner circle. Um, this month has just been absolutely incredible. We've been receiving so much breakthrough. It's just so fun. Like honestly, it's the best part of my week. Every other Thursday, getting to hang out with my inner circle girls and teach them on a really, you know, just down to earth, like grassroots level, really hearing their problems and just hearing that other girls are going through the same thing, other young ladies who are on the same journey. Like I so look forward to it. It's my favorite environment in the world, just that small group coaching environment. And um, all those links are in the show notes if you'd like to join us. So our fourth and final category, let's go on to reach. Reach. So now it's time to reach beyond the toxic thoughts and bring health and life to your mind. This is where you step out in faith and really start to practice the changes that you want to make in your life and thoughts. This is the time for God's word to come alive in your life. This is the time to make a decision to forgive. What steps can you take to move beyond the pain of the past and move into your future? What steps can you take to catch toxic thoughts before they take hold? Is it turning off the negative TV program? Is it choosing to believe what God says about you rather than the harmful words that someone, even if you respect them, directed your way? For example, if the main area of toxicity currently in your life is worry, you can stop yourself each time it starts and confess a favorite do-not-worry scripture or positive thought over the situation. And finally, as you reach, ask yourself, how can I catch negative thoughts and sweep them away before they become a part of me? Like I said earlier, so often, unfortunately, what I see is that we've thought these negative thoughts so long is that we really can't separate them from who we think that we are. And if you're dealing with that, I would love to help you with that on a one-on-one coaching level. It's one of my favorite things to coach through is identity and really just helping raise these young ladies up to the standard of which I believe that God created them to be. And just a little side note too, Dr. Caroline Leaf also talks about how uh, these thoughts create neural pathways in our heads. And I think of them like bowling lanes, but these neural pathways in our heads the first time that we think a thought, it, she literally describes it as like a hot metal ball going through a block of cheese. It definitely has to break through. And every other time that we continue to think those negative thoughts, as well as positive thoughts, as you can kind of visualize in your head, that neural pathway gets easier and easier and easier. So today, my encouragement to you is to go practice those exercises. Go practice, okay, what am I gathering? How am I reflecting? I need to revisit this. Okay, what am I reaching towards? To make those thoughts turn from negative to positive and to re-empower yourself to live a life that God created you to live and the identity that he created you to live in. Fearless, passionate, excited for what you can do in this life, you know, sure of yourself, self-confident. And I promise you that if you implement these simple strategies that I can't wait to hear the testimonial from you. in you know, a couple months as they go by, you practice these things because I know that it will help you. Well, that's it for episode number three today. You guys, I'm so grateful for you guys listening. And like I said, this is one of my absolute favorite topics to teach. It's so vital. It's so integral for the real beginnings of self-work and long-lasting success and change. Stay tuned for episode number five next week. I'm so excited to share that with you as well. Have an awesome rest of your week. If you're ready to take your pageant life to a whole new level, make sure to join us in the powerhouse inner circle where personal development meets pageantry. Each month for less than the cost of one coaching session with me, you'll get all my best coaching strategies through two live group coaching sessions, a companion guide to make it stick and a community to grow with during your pageant prep. Head on over to powerhousepageantry.com forward slash inner circle to learn more and to see if there's a spot for you. Finally, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I know life is busy and that you may be listening on your commute, at the gym, or while cooking in between classes. We love helping you unlock the winner within you. And if you love this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you'd subscribe. If this episode really hit home for you, don't hesitate to let us know on Instagram by screenshotting this episode and sharing it to your story or by texting it to that one friend who really needs to hear this. It's all about spreading sisterhood and helping other powerhouse women like yourself grow. And remember, if you're ready to go all in on your pageant prep and to link arms with other achievers who want to win their pageants and win in life, our powerhouse inner circle could be the place for you. For questions, to work with us, or for topics you'd like us to cover, email info at powerhousepageantry.com and we'll be in touch. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.